Welcome to Church Matters, a place where we ask questions about the role and the life of the church at home, across the street, and around the world. This program is brought to you by Mennonite Church Canada. My name is Janet Plennert. And I'm Dan Dick. Since World War II, Canada has allowed persons opposed to serving in military combative service to be conscientious objectors and to perform alternative service for their country. Today, we've invited a guest to reveal a secret he has kept for 60 years. In 1940, Gordon Toombs of Winnipeg chose a non-violent response to World War II when he attempted to become a conscientious objector. Gordon's story is timely for us as we reflect on Jesus' own death on the cross during this Lenten season. We'll be talking with Gordon in just a few moments. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus calls on Christians to claim a life of nonviolent responses to conflict, something easily said but hard to do. Frequently cited scripture references come from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 and onward. Here, Jesus, who has at this time just begun his ministry, calls us to love our enemies, resist retaliation, not kill one another, and not to judge others. A succinct verse is found in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. In just a short time after he delivers these words, he shows the world what he meant by not condemning those who have come to kill him. We will meet Gordon in just a few moments. First, let's listen to Go in Peace from the 2007 Camps with Meaning CD. Peace. 
Welcome back to Church Matters. Since World War II, Canada has allowed persons opposed to serving in military combat roles to be conscientious objectors and perform alternative non-combative service. Today we've asked Gordon Toombs to share with us his story about being a conscientious objector during World War II and why he kept it a secret for so long. Welcome to Church Matters, Gordon. Thank you. Gordon, can you briefly tell us why you became a conscientious objector? I became a conscientious objector because uh, Jesus was my model and my uh, teacher. He was a peacemaker. He blessed the peacemakers. And uh, it tells us in the Gospels, the sign of a true disciple is one who practices love or lives love and faces the consequences of that. I don't think we realize, uh, or I don't know that I realized even then, a way back, how radical Jesus' teaching is. Think of how strong our self-will is, our self-interest is. Jesus bids us love our neighbors and our enemies as strongly as our self-interest is. That's impossible until our ego consciousness is overcome and God consciousness is born within us. And that's where Jesus' teaching grips me. Gordon, was this biblical and theological understanding you have as Jesus as pacifist, therefore we must be pacifists, was that supported by your church and taught by your church? Yes, very much in in the 30s. And uh, I was a teenager at that time. And the general councils of our national church every two years met. And every general council from 28 to 38 was very strongly condemning war as an instrument of national policy and as contrary to the mind and spirit of Jesus Christ. At one point in 1938, they even called it, quote, a resort to hatred and violence dash barbarism. Oh my, and this is the United Church of Canada that you're speaking of. That's right. Can you comment briefly on the political climate of the time? Yes, I think it's very important for people to realize that uh, I was a product of the environment in Saskatchewan, depression, dust bowl, farmers without uh, any resources. I remember being in a farm home where the farmer was burning wheat in the furnace uh, in 1932. So there were farmers who were against the grain companies, and the students on campus were against war. And uh, at that time, the CCF political party, Cooperative Commonwealth Federation, was being born, and we were all members of it. And we were inspired by J.S. Woodsworth, the leader of that party. When the war was declared in 1939, he stood up in the parliament in Ottawa and declared himself a pacifist on Christian principles. That was a model for us to do the same. Now, you applied as a CO. Were you granted CO status? The War Services Board in Saskatoon granted me CO status, and there was a division on the board of three men. The chairman objected, but the two other lawyers said, let's grant him a status. We were all, all the Mennonite boys and myself were carrying our Bibles and <laughs> ready to quote the, to the board. Then I, I asked for non-competent service, stretcher bear or whatever in the medical corps, Okay, we'll look after you. Just go over here and sign up, please. Well, I'm an innocent 
20-year-old figured that everybody was honest, <laughs> so I go and sign up. Well, once you sign up, uh, I figured something was going to happen after a few months. I never heard of the word medical corps again. So you were deceived in a sense. I was duped right at the beginning. I never knew it until Conrad told me in 04 that I'd been duped. Suddenly, I wasn't responsible for <laughs> not uh, getting to the medical corps. So you applied and were granted CO status, but served in the Army. That's right. Thinking you were going to be released into alternative service. That's right. So, Gordon, can you tell us why you kept your story a secret for so long? Well, uh, it started out because uh, I was too active in the Army. I was the only graduate, university graduate, with 40 farm boys. And anybody who had a complaint, I took it to the authorities or led him there. And uh, I uh, uh, even had soldiers uh, wait at the farm gate on a Sunday night and arrange with the local church congregation to pick them up and take them out to Sunday supper. But this kind of thing in the Army has to have authority. You can't operate like that. So very soon I was in trouble with the authorities because... I was too active uh, on their behalf. And when I was prated to the CO, one of the officers present called me a communist. And that was the end of uh, that conversation. And uh, for two years, I couldn't understand why I never got anywhere, never got any promotions, never gotten any courses. And it wasn't until toward the end of the two-year period that I was having a beer with a friend and I said, oh, he shouldn't have told me. He said he worked for Army Intelligence and they'd been watching me for two years. When I discovered that, I knew there was no hope for me in the Army, so I deserted the Army, uh, joined the Air Force under false pretenses, uh, lied about where I was for two years, and after taking all the training and so on, I went to the CO, told him I was AWL, and what could he do for me? But I, all the time, I was under the impression that I failed to get to the medical corps because I had caused trouble for myself and had was responsible for not getting there. Um, so I couldn't tell anyone after the war was over that I'd been a CO and spent four years in the military so the easiest thing to do was just to blot it out of my memory. I had been responsible for it, I felt. And uh, uh, I was a fraud as a CO, so I had to forget about ever taking a stand as a CO. And uh, I never mentioned it in my resumes or my curriculum vitae for 60 years. Gordon, what prompted you to share your story now? Well, what prompted me was the fact that Conrad Stace and the archive department of the Mennonite Church paid attention to my story, invited me to tell it, and then were able to inform me that it wasn't my fault that I didn't get into the medical corps. It was the fact that the Army duped me at the very beginning. Once I knew it was not my fault, then I could own my witness to Jesus Christ. I could be proud of what happened to me. And you ask me how I feel now? Well, I feel liberated. Uh, I've reclaimed one of the golden threads in my life story, and I wish to thank the Mennonite Church for enabling that to happen. 
And of course, I paid the price. Four years as a prisoner of the military with no option to demonstrate my commitment to alternative service. The United Church of Canada took some very significant steps to say no to war. You then applied as a conscientious objector. Did they support you in that time? Well, uh, such was the war verver and the uh, power of the Legion at that time, trying to get universities to kick out some professors who were against war. And even our own church got involved in supporting the war effort to quite a significant degree that I feel the church forgot its promise to keep the Christian fellowship inclusive of those who supported war and those who were against war. Because after I got in, I never had one letter of support or even an inquiry from my own pastor of how it was going for me. And now, since then, I've investigated the archives uh, at the national level, and I have further work to do. But it appears that the only correspondence from the national church to keep in touch with the conscientious objectors in the church was the answering letters from COs, not initiating an effort to keep in touch and keep their records accurate. Gordon, in light of this whole story, what would you say to the church today about the importance of supporting a pacifist position? Oh, I, I, I don't think there's any alternative. Uh, I gave a recent talk uh, a year ago in my own congregation in which I advocated that my own church, uh, if it really wanted to stay alive and be relevant, should become a peace church, somewhat like the Mennonite church. Uh, I didn't get a very favorable hearing, I'm sorry to say, but, <laughs> but that's where I feel the future lies, is a witness for peace that we should be encouraging young people to make Christian peacemaker team membership or witness throughout the world and risking our lives for peace. It's not only soldiers there. We would do it voluntarily. Many soldiers are under pressure to do it. Thank you, Gordon. Your story is very inspiring. It's also encouraging to know that the United Church of Canada is at the table with Mennonite Church Canada in the Canadian Council of Churches, and we have brought to the table exactly what you've just said, becoming a peace church. And can we talk about it together? I'm glad to hear that. We also have Conrad Stace with us today. Conrad is an archivist at the Mennonite Heritage Centre and brought Gordon's story to us. Conrad, can you briefly tell us why you think Gordon's story shouldn't matter to the church? The Mennonite Heritage Centre, where I work, is a ministry of Mennonite Church Canada. And I highlight the word ministry. The Heritage Centre is more than a place where we keep old records. The staff of three people help over 200 people a month find answers to important questions. And Gordon's story highlights how the ministry of the Heritage Centre matters. Archivists sometimes hear amazing stories that people have. They come to the archives looking for information. As archivists, we are interested in history, and we sometimes hold the keys to some of these questions. And so we hear these stories and are able to shed some light on these questions that people have, questions that are important to them. How did you come to know about this story and this secret of Gordon's? Well, the Heritage Centre, along with Mennonite Church Canada, has a website, www.alternativeservice.ca. It's a story about Canada's conscientious objectors in World War II. And I think it was Gordon who had read about it and came into the archives asking for information about this website. 
And after talking with Gordon just a little bit and him sharing a bit of his story, I realized his story is quite unique. And so I sat down with him to interview him. And then later on, I asked him to present a paper. And through that research, we found out this information. The information being that when Gordon was uh, before the mobilization board, it was not an option for a conscientious objector to be in the medical corps, to be an uh, alternative service in the military. That option only came in September 1943. Gordon was before the board, in, I think, in 1940 or 41. Thanks, Gordon, and also Conrad, for joining us here today. Thank you for having us. Our guest today has been Gordon Toombs, a conscientious objector during World War II, and Conrad Stace, the archivist at the Mennonite Heritage Centre who helped uncover Gordon's story. For books and videos on conscientious objection, go to mennonitechurch.ca or within North America, call 1-866-888-6785. We invite prayer and financial support of all the ministries of Mennonite Church Canada. You can donate online or send a gift to 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, R3P0M4. Write Church Matters on the envelope. As always, we welcome your comments on this or any of the Church Matters programs. You can send your feedback to office at mennonitechurch.ca or call 1-866-888-6785. My name is Dan Dick. And I'm Janet Plennert. And you have been listening to Church Matters, where our prayer is that you will be called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Tune in again at this same time on the third Sunday of the month to hear more about the many ways that church matters. Thanks for joining us. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the